Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome into another episode of LOTL. This is episode 109. And on tonight's episode, the guys are talking about the cultural phenomenon that is the last dance. Uh, we're talking about the Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls documentary that aired in 10 parts on ESPN Plus over the last five weeks on Sunday nights. And the guys get uh, in depth on uh, each episode, the main plot lines, and uh, talking about Michael Jordan and the myth and legend uh, that is MJ. And uh, do a little comparisons to LeBron, as you know everybody does with MJ and LeBron. But um, we talk about the historical, historical significance of the documentary and uh, um, all that good stuff. Uh, Jordan gives a quick update on the uh, NBA's uh, potential return uh, from the COVID-19 shutdown. And uh, uh, we also uh, do some shout-outs uh, to close out the episode. Uh, but before all that, first thing we do every week is we get into the beer of the week. Let's do it. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode. My name's Dan, here with Jimmy and Jordan, as always, here on Living Off the Land. And let's get it going. Beer of the week time, gents. Uh, how are we doing? And uh, what are we drinking? Well, uh, I'll go first. And I know that people can't see me. Usually you can't see us anyways. Uh, we are here in sunny Florida. Not so sunny. It's been raining all week. Uh, I have no internet, so this is going to be a real struggle. Um, but anyways, that's not the question. Yeah. Uh, I am, <laughs> I'm just venting my frustrations with technology. A bunch of 5G towers going up. I don't know what's going on. Um, I am drinking a Florida brew. It is from Brew Hub. It is a black lager brewed with coffee called Matte Black. And I wish you guys could see the can. Maybe I'll send you a picture. Very cool design. You know me, my typography and the color schemes and whatnot. Love it. Uh, I've had it a couple times already, but I want to talk about it on this episode. I'm a big fan of um, stouts recently, so I have a friend who's from this part of Florida. I think it's uh, it's the Orlando area, but um, it's a local brewery there, and she suggested this matte black, and I could not go wrong. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's one What's of the better the stouts the I've had. What's the name of the brewery again? Brew Hub. Brew Hub. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. It's uh, not a with stouts. In my experience, they have somewhat of an aftertaste. Sometimes can be a little bitter. Sometimes a little too harsh. Uh, this is beyond smooth. Um, not too strong at all. Just the right amount of coffee flavoring. It's five percent. Uh, yeah. Definitely a fan. It's a shame that I can't get it when I go back to Ohio. So every time I come down here, I'll have to make sure I get it. So if you're in the Orlando area or anywhere in South Florida, really, or Central Florida, make sure you stop by Brew Hub. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm looking up online. It looks like a pretty sweet place. So cool mm -hmm. stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, I'll go next. Jordan, what are you I'm drinking? 
Yeah, I have a weird situation. So I got some sort of sickness earlier this week, and it wasn't serious by any means, but... Um, got the road. <clears throat> yeah, right. But it's these weird times, so I obviously took it very serious or as seriously as I could. And um, long story short, I'm good now, pretty much 99% today. Uh, the weird problem, though, is um, uh, I can't really taste or smell. So that's extremely Grip weird. Back, guys. And I um, also, so I scheduled a virtual doctor's appointment because I know that that's technically a side effect of coronavirus. But the doctor said since I didn't have fever, I didn't have a cough, I didn't have chest pain, I didn't have shortness of breath or any of that other stuff. Uh, he was like, there's really nothing to worry about. It's probably just another virus of some sort. So whatever, you know, that's where I am now. Uh, the only problem is I still can't really smell or taste. Um, and so I had a really cool beer and I'm going to go ahead and mention it, but I'm not even going to open it up because it, I wouldn't do it justice. But I got North High's uh, Honey Wheat. So North High is a really good Columbus brewery and we like to show Columbus love every so often. Um, so yeah, it's their honey wheat. I'm a big fan of wheats, especially like one of my favorite beers is agave wheat. Um, uh, by uh, well, of course, I'm blanking out on the name right now. Um, the one in uh, Colorado, the one of the Breckenridge, Breckenridge, yes, Breckenridge is agave wheat. Uh, so I figured this might be a similar vibe since it's a honey wheat. So, uh, when I do taste it, I will drop a quick little tidbit in the future when i did get to try it uh but it looks pretty good it's it's available in most uh ohio grocery stores i've seen it everywhere it's it's a bright yellow can with like a honeycomb texture looking on it um 5.8 and yeah it looks great so uh unfortunately i don't even want to try it because i everything tastes the same right now but that was what i was going to feature <laughs> what a start to the podcast yeah i'm barely here i have no internet connection barely jordan's fighting off some sort of coronavirus or not oh. who knows and full disclosure over here i uh i just knocked my beer uh completely over so oh perfect yeah so that's, why had, that's why i had to get up and uh grab about 10 paper towels and sop everything up so well guys uh, my, my uh table is sticky and uh <laughs> i'm gonna have to uh clean that up <laughs> when we're done anyway which kind of makes me mad because i just wasted about half a beer uh -huh. uh, my beer which i'm really excited about because it is a collab Ooh, and uh it is from market garden love the can right jimmy just love the market garden can yeah let's hear it uh it is the newly tapped Pin High Pilsner. Oh, I heard about this. From Market Garden. It is a collaboration with the Cleveland Metro Parks. And uh, they are raising money for uh, youth golf educational programs in the at the Cleveland Metro Parks uh, golf courses. So right there for me, that's huge because I love golf. I love to golf. I grew up golfing. It's one of my favorite things to do. And... Uh, of course, the name Pin High, which is a golf term, as all you golfers out there know. And um, yeah, it's a really, really good Pilsner. 
Is it like so, does it have like that crisp, like that crisp bite to yeah, it? Yeah, you know what? So, um, it's basically like a good Budweiser. Oh yeah, it's actually it's four point eight percent, which is pretty good for a Pilsner. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, but yeah, it it honestly it tastes like a really good Budweiser, not a Bud Light. It doesn't taste like a Bud Light because Bud Light's essentially water. Like, <laughs> right. But like a Budweiser, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So very good. If they, I don't know how long they're gonna brew this, uh, but if they brew it all summer, it might just be my summer beer. Uh, oh my god! Hot take. It yeah, is, is a Czech inspired pilsner brewed with the blend of European pale malts and spicy. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Zaz hops to form a crisp, well-rounded lager. Oh. So yeah, that sounds great, man. And that's a really cool thing they're doing, you know. Yep, uh, it's got the well. uh, Cleveland Metro Parks logo right on the can. Good stuff, very good stuff. Go out awesome. and uh, yeah. if you're a golfer and uh, you want to support the uh, youth educational golf programs, go pick up a, a six pack of Pin High from Market Garden. I don't know if they're selling this at just like grocery stores and stuff where they sell the, their other beers. I went and picked it up at uh, their um, brewery facility. Not 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 the actual brewery. The uh, like the yeah I know the, the one store. behind yeah the store behind it the one that's got the big sign on top that says beer. Yeah 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 yeah. So now sure. now hold on hold on Dan you said you just declared that that might be your summer beer if I'm not mistaken I think we hinted at platforms haze Jude early on a couple months ago that might have been the beer of the summer are we taking that back uh let's just put it this way if i want to have one or just like one or maybe two beers yeah i'll go with haze jude if like i'm day drinking or you know like cooking out barbecuing like all day outside in the summer i'm not drinking haze jude all day because I'll be asleep. I'll be asleep by six o'clock. So this would be my beer if, like, you know, we went to Edgewater for a whole day, uh, was grilling out all day on a Saturday. This would definitely be my beer. But if I'm just like hanging out in the summer in the backyard, like for a couple hours, and I want one or two beers, yeah, I'll probably go with something more like a Haze Jude. Yeah, those pilsners and those lagers make those are great like cruising beers. Like if you're yeah. like. Cruising really beers, huh? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> disclaimer on uh, LOTL: Jordan is not encouraging drinking and driving. No, I'm talking about like cruising in life. On a oh, okay, oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice recovery there. Yeah, I thought you meant actually going on a cruise. I'm like, we might not want to do that either. Who knows? No. On those cruise ships no. nowadays. <laughs> no, yeah, that's probably not the best idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheap. All right. Anyway, uh, let's get into the episode. So tonight is going to be another one of those special episodes where we're just going to attack one topic and uh, take a deep dive into it. And since it finished up this past Sunday, we're just going to dive right into it. And let's just talk about the last dance, guys. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's it's not a Cleveland thing. It's a Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls thing. So I, I you know, I guess we're not the all things Cleveland podcast tonight, but uh, there's still nothing going on in the city. So, you know, right. Let's uh, 
let's talk about something that everybody's been talking about. It's huge on social media. Um, if you're a sports fan and you grew up in the 90s, like this is like going in a time capsule and just going back and reliving your childhood. So <clears throat> let's uh, let's let's just get right into it and let's talk about it. What did like first of all, overall, what did you guys think um, of the documentary as a whole? And then uh, we'll kind of get into um, not necessarily episode by episode, but we'll get into some of like that. We'll hit the main points of uh, of the doc and, you know, we'll kind of break it down a little bit. But Jordan, if you want to start it off, you know, yeah. what were your thoughts about the last dance? Yeah, so it was pretty much everything I hoped it to be. Like, I remember watching the, I remember watching the trailer, and it was such a well-made trailer, and and we were like, "Whoa, look at this!" And and it it really, in my opinion, it lived up to a lot of the hype that that it was supposed to have. And uh it was like you said, it was a big nostalgia trip. I mean, a lot of it was whether you remembered games from way back when, when, when we were watching them live and, or if you just remembered a player or if you remembered a shoe or a song or something that they were putting, you know, there was all this throwback stuff that kept popping up and it was, it was pretty sweet to, to see that uh, as someone who grew up in the nineties, I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff. And I love nineties basketball. That's actually what first got me into sports. So, um, and I was a big Michael Jordan guy growing up. So I got to watch him beat the Jazz after they beat the Rockets and then just beat the Jazz again the next year. So it was uh, I was always rooting for the Bulls back then. But um, yeah, no, overall it was great. I, I, I'll say this and we'll get into this more in a few minutes. Clearly, obviously, very biased towards Jordan's opinion. I can't imagine there was much, if anything, that they slipped in there that he didn't approve of. Um, it was a, supposed to be about the Bulls, right? But, it, I mean, re- realistically, it's a, it was just a Jordan doc. Um, and that's fine. But, yeah, we'll talk about that a little more in a bit. That, if, they, if I could pick a negative, maybe I feel like they could have done a little bit better getting some more interesting players or people who might have different takes on some of the things that happened. Jimmy, what about you? Yeah, so um, I've obviously been down here in Florida for three weeks now, and unfortunately we do not have uh, ESPN for whatever reason. We just don't have cable down here. So I haven't been able to watch uh, the last few weeks or so. But um, when it aired, I I saw like the first three, I don't know. But um, my initial thought was what a great time to drop this documentary especially yeah. with everybody being home and not, not even that, obviously it got crazy ratings, but like Jordan, what you just mentioned, the nostalgia that it had, oh, uh, that's what people crave nowadays. So just a combo with that, the timing, um, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was one of the best documentaries they put out uh, in years. Um, obviously I wasn't around much in the nineties. I didn't get to experience Jordan's greatness. Uh, firsthand, so I couldn't relate much uh, to, to all like the games they were showing and just the times. Um, but as an NBA fan, a basketball fan, sports fan, it was um, definitely awesome to look back and see how big basketball was back then and how it, you know, just the culture and, and just how big Jordan was. I, I think it's safe to say that Jordan is 
the most widely known basketball player of all time. And we don't even have to do the LeBron Jordan debate here. Um, just the greatness that he entailed. And just from day one, he knew in college, like his coach knew, like, hey, kid, you're going to be big. Go on to the NBA. Yeah. Like, we don't need you here for another year at college. He just knew that he was going to be larger than life. And he was. So it was really awesome to see that. Um, I do have some catching up to do. So I'm not sure where I can find it. I don't know if they're streaming it somewhere, but I'll, yeah, I'll be sure on, I'll be have to. On ESPN Plus. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Gotcha. So once my internet starts to work again, uh, <laughs> I'll be back in Ohio tomorrow. I so will be home tomorrow. When I get home tomorrow, yeah. Florida, I'm not coming back. But yeah. um, I liked it a lot. And uh, yeah, part of me wishes I could have been alive during that time. It, it just showed uh, the. The, I don't, like the mystery of Michael Jordan, just how big he was. And well, yeah. uh, My dad was at the game against the Cavs, the shot. and uh, You got to bring that up, don't you? Oh, yeah. Of course I do. That's, that's sports history at its finest. And he said, at, I, at just it, like that video can't do it justice. Like that episode doesn't it, do it justice, just finest? being there. What's that? Did you just say at its finest? Sports history at its finest. Oh yeah, that's uh, okay. Maybe not for a Cleveland yeah. fan, not, but yeah, we're, I mean, the, we're the Cleveland podcast. You're right. That's technically, that's technically the shot that put Jordan on the map. There you go. That's sports Back history at its finest. I'd oh, say. Oh great. Okay, great. Yeah, just suckle up the teat, Jordan. Don't hey, I had to watch. I had to watch my worst sports memory again in this doc. So. <sighs> But to wrap it up, I loved it. Can't wait to see the last few episodes. But, um, yeah. yeah, Dan, let's hear what you got to say. I, I have some questions for Jimmy. Uh, yeah. Dan done too, because I'm curious your take on basically seeing some games that you had never seen before. So. Mm-hmm. Daniel. Oh, oh, okay. I thought I thought you're – sorry, I blanked. I thought you were going to actually – Oh, have... no, no. Okay. I said I, I was going to ask them when we get into um, No, I mean, this was um, – so obviously early in his career – I, you know, it was before I was born. So I'm the oldest of us three. And, you know, I don't, I really don't remember anything about Jordan until he came back after he retired the first time. I don't remember his first three titles. I was six when he retired for the first time. So, mm-hmm. um, so looking back at a lot of that, like you hear all the stories and you like read articles and, you know, you hear about the myth of Michael Jordan and all this and um, actually get to go back and watch some of the stuff. Like, like, you know, I knew about his, his, uh, how important his dad was to him. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I knew about how his dad was murdered and all that and how it was a huge, uh, impact on his life. Um, and obviously, you know, they depict it, essentially, they depict it in the documentary is essentially the reason why he retired the first time. That's up for debate as to if there were other, other circumstances alongside with that, but you know, we're not going to really get into conspiracy theories. Um, I, uh, one thing I did notice as I was watching it is, uh, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I guess, yes, it is a documentary, but I don't know. It, it, it's, it's certainly a biased documentary. I mean, I don't think anybody can dispute that. I mean, Jordan oh, was, right. Jordan yeah. was one of the producers. So right. some of the stuff, like I'll, I'll I'll go out and say it. We're we're gonna get into it, but I think the whole pizza the pizza food poisoning story is BS. I don't believe that for a second. Um, I don't know why he would go on and say that, but I I you know I don't believe that for a second. Um, 
uh, you know, I I thought I, I thought it was just really cool to take uh, a look back at his career. I thought it was really well done. The soundtrack, phenomenal. Oh yeah, the documentary, Absolutely. phenomenal. I, at first, I thought it was a little weird the way that they would like jump around on the timeline, but as it went on, it kind of like you know you got used to it, so it kind of like yeah. made more like you yeah. you could see why like okay this this happened in ninety eight and it reminds us to back in you know whenever they flash back to you know like one of the reasons why he is the way he is is because of going back to this time so it, it made right. sense it was just a little weird at first to be like why why do they keep doing this well i also liked it too because um you were able to obviously every episode you'd explore some aspect of the last year the yeah. last dance 1998 but then they were also building up the backstory to all these guys um right in the previous episode so yeah no i agree at first i was a little confused but then i ended up really liking it yeah, it was um, it was very well done. Um, I'm not going to bash it at all. I just, you know, it was it was incredibly biased. Um, which I mean, that he, that's not that's not me. That's not me trying to say that Jordan's not the greatest player of all time. He certainly is. No, I got but, you. But um, he, he almost, I feel like he even admitted that multiple times. Like he would even say, "I only agreed to do this because," like he would essentially be saying, "Right, look, guys, like." I don't even want to get into that or this is how we're going to tell the story. Like you like almost like he was like, you know, remember I said, this is what I was going to do for that. I, this is what I agreed to. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, I think the thing that stuck out with me uh, kind of jumping into some more of the details of the doc was um, it really, I've always heard about Jordan's work ethic. Um, I've actually read, Tim Grover, who was his trainer, by the way, and he's in the right. doc. Um, and he revolutionized modern sports and at least the NBA in in like speed training and and, and whatnot. Right. But, so I was happy to see him there because he really shaped the mo- modern sports as we know it, in my opinion. I read his book called Jump Attack, um, and he details his training methods and how he trained Jordan and. He, he would always say in the book how Jordan was like crazy hardworking, a crazy hardworking guy. And he'd shoot so, like hundreds of jump shots a day and like all this stuff. So like I had always heard that, but I had never like gone much farther than that to really explore Jordan's work ethic. Um, and it, it, it that's probably what stood out to me the most. How uh, it, it was almost problematic. Like he was almost too hardworking. Um, right. And that obviously showed in some of the strain relationships and controversies that kind of surrounded his life at times, especially with his teammates and, and people he'd be playing against. But man, that dude worked hard. If he, 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 you know, he'd have a bad game and he wouldn't be like, Oh, whatever, we'll figure out tomorrow. He would just be like, you could just see it in his eyes as he was like just sitting in the locker room and, and he'd usually be able to come back and fix it the next day or at least the next year or something. So, and I really enjoyed studying his, because like you you and me were talking about this, Dan, earlier, a lot of people forget he went a long time without winning a title. Mm-hmm. And he had a lot of really bad playoff losses and a lot of bad yeah. collapses. And it was really cool to see them tell that story of him having to get through the uh, like teams like the Celtics and the Pistons uh, and then the Lakers uh, eventually. Um, 
when he finally won his first title. So yeah, it was fascinating. That that's what stuck out to me. His his work ethic was so impressive. I mean, that's why he was the greatest, and 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 that's that's why he be, was able to become that. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was. Um... You know, I, I don't mean to. We're talking about just this documentary, but obviously we have a Cleveland flavor, we have a Cleveland yeah. bias. It it's always interesting to me when people have this LeBron MJ debate, when people just uh, say, "Oh, well, it it's not a debate because Jordan went six and zero in the finals." Like, LeBron doesn't have anything that could top that. Which, yeah, true. But people always conveniently leave out the fact that Jordan lost in the first round multiple times in the playoffs. And that's something LeBron has never done. He's never lost in the first round. He's always won a playoffs, at least one playoff series, which you think about it is incredibly uh, impressive considering he started making the playoffs his third year. So when he was a 20, 21 year old kid, he was winning playoff series in the NBA. Yeah. Like Jordan didn't, you know, he also, LeBron also got to a finals when he was 22. Led probably the worst team to ever make the finals to the finals. I don't know. That, that Philadelphia team was pretty bad in 2001, too. Okay. But <laughs> if you take LeBron off that no, bad well, team. Easily, easily one of the worst teams to ever go to the yeah. finals, no doubt. Which it manifested itself because they got swept by the Spurs. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, no. So. Jimmy, are you about to say something? Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, well, I know, Jordan, you said you had a few questions for me. I'd like to yeah, so see what I'm, I can give you. I, yeah. So, I'm, you know, I was curious, uh, and I'm with Dan, like, my, I don't have memories of Jordan <laughs> pre-retirement. That's ridiculous. I was, like, two and three. Like, my first sports memories was uh, actually winning the second Rockets title. I don't remember the first one. I was, like, way too young. But I do have memories of the second Rockets title. So that's when my basketball fanhood began. But I do remember the the, the, the Bulls, of course, um, because me and my dad just love basketball. So we would watch all the playoff games. And so I was curious, though, for someone like yourself who never got to see any of these games depicted in the documentary um, live or really even be old enough to know you know, the aura of Jordan, like just all the shoes and this and, oh yeah, I wonder if Jordan's going to do it again this year. Like, what was it like seeing nineties ball, like seeing those clips of those games, like all the various games, playoff games and and also eighties ball too, I guess, because we got to see that as well. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, what what was your thoughts seeing, seeing the culture, the fouls, the, the roughness of the game back then and just the vibe, like, what did you think? Yeah, so I guess starting, um, you were talking about like your basketball knowledge or when you started to really pay attention. Um, I say I'm an NBA fan and a basketball fan primarily because I grew up playing basketball like for rec leagues and I really started to take it seriously in like eighth or ninth grade. And honestly, I'd probably say that's when I started really paying attention to the NBA. So my knowledge of players and teams and years and titles and playoff runs, it's very, very limited. So, um, like you said, when I think of Jordan, or at least when I thought of Jordan, it was the Jordan brand. It was the shoes. It was yeah. this whole empire that he built after his career. It's got so, shoes. Yeah. So getting to see him in action in the eighties and nineties, and I want to see, be like Mike, and to see what he dealt with, it, it was something that I never really knew. 
or researched, uh, you know, growing up. But um, like you said, the, the brutality and the roughness and the, the hard fouls, the whole bad boys, Pistons. I saw that documentary. That was like the first flavor I got to see, like 80s ball, 90s ball. Um, but anyways, what was I going to say? Yes, so I, I think my respect for Jordan and just the mystique behind Jordan really um, kind of came to fruition after watching this documentary. Like I said, I'm not the biggest NBA fan or expert, so I, I haven't researched enough or watched these old games like you guys probably have. But from an outsider's perspective, I'll call myself an outsider. Um, it, it just brings him to a whole nother level. You saw just his upbringing and how obsessed he was with the game. And it's almost insane and almost kind of sickening to see somebody do that or just how <laughs> dedicated to the craft he is. It makes you feel kind of like a lazy POS. Um, well, how about that? Not to cut you off, but you, that no, go ahead. question. Like, how about that one scene, which was, in my opinion, one of the greatest sequences in the whole doc where – he was saying how a lot of people were criticizing him for essentially bullying his own teammates and, and treating other players like, like dirt a lot of times. And he was like, look, my method's not your method. And he's like, that's because you're not a winner. Like yep. he mm-hmm. said, he just told everyone, he's like, you're not winners. And he's yeah, not well, wrong, though. You no. know? And then they showed that sequence, which I loved. It was like weirdly like goosebumpy where they played a real, I don't know what, it's just some song, right, in the background. And they show all these clips of him. He's like, there's nothing I to ask my teammates to do that I didn't do. And they showed clips of them practicing, you know, whatever. And then they showed, then he was saying how they became winners. And he showed clips of all of them celebrating their titles, right? And it was such a really, and, and you see the joy on all his teammates' faces. Like, okay, sure. Yeah, they had to endure having him as a teammate, which was as good as that was, was also a burden a lot of times. But, yeah. you know, he made them winners. So I thought that was the whole crux of the doc, if I could wrap it up into one thing. Like, that's Jordan. It's winning. And he, he couldn't could you, handle that winning, you know? Could you imagine if he was a uh, – if he was him playing in today's world? In what sense? What do you mean? Like, what Jordan was just – what Jordan just being, uh, yeah. was just talking about. Mm-hmm. Just being oh, mean and kind of brutal yeah, to your teammates, right? Because you know, obviously, we live in a social media aged, uh, you know, PC cancel culture age where you know uh, the old school way of doing things is not the only way of doing things, and you know yeah. all this stuff. I think he, I'm not saying it wouldn't have worked because it it definitely still would have. Like, like you see, Kobe. Kobe did a lot of the same things Jordan did as far as like being harsh on teammates and stuff like that. And he won five championships. So it does still work, but I do think um, he would have gotten a little bit more of a blowback. Like, like when, like when it, if it would have come out that he punched Steve Kerr in the face during practice and it would have come out (laughs) like, like number, number one video of that somehow would surface on social media. Right. Oh, for sure. And, And then number two, you would have, you know, you would have people that would, you know, go after Jordan hard for that. And yeah. there's other instances of that team, like we're going to talk about in a little bit with like Dennis Rodman, where some of the stuff he was doing, like absolutely would not fly now. And he wouldn't be able yeah. to get away with, but 
Yeah, I thought it, it would be interesting to see how uh, Jordan's antics behind the scenes with his teammates would play um, with like, today's at with like today's athletes. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean, there, I, there's there's no way there's no other way around it. Like athletes today are much more entitled than they were back then. So. Oh, like back then, back then it was okay. It's Michael Jordan, and then everybody else falls in line. Like now, you like just look at this. Look at the Cavs team in I think it was 2017 or 2018 when J.R. Smith threw soup at an assistant coach. <laughs> like, you really think uh, J.R. Smith would let Michael Jordan talk to him like he talked to a lot of his teammates, or you know, physically uh, do what he did to him? Probably not. Yeah. But like what you just said, that story back then in the 90s, if JR was on Jordan's team back in that era and he threw soup at a coach, that wouldn't be news. That's just something that would happen in the right. locker room, you know? Right. Like you said, yeah, it's, it's a social kind of, yeah. media era. Yeah. It's a social media era and people are a little more soft and a little more PC about things. And every and news just spreads like wildfire. But um, I was going to say with Jordan, it, it, it's almost like, in order to reach that level of success and to be that high of like a champion, you're going to make enemies along the way. And there's no concrete way of getting there and reaching that pinnacle That's of true. success. That's very true. So it, it's almost like, yeah, you're not going to be, of course, you're not going to be buddy, buddy with everybody. That's kind of how you get there. Oh, sure. uh, the saying is nice guys finish last. In a lot of the cases, right. That's true. So in Jordan's case, you would say, okay, make makes sense. Of course he was a bit of an asshole, which is what he says, you know, prior to the release of this documentary. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think now in today's world, uh, because everything is so like exposed, you get a lot more passive aggressiveness, like uh with LeBron. Uh yeah. not saying not saying that him and Jordan have the same leadership, uh same leadership styles, which they absolutely don't. But like with LeBron, it's passive aggressiveness where he doesn't talk to you and then he goes out and he puts out like a uh a uh you know what do you call it a uh, passive aggressive tweet one of those yeah. sub like like he's like he subtweets somebody or something yeah um where jordan would just come come right up to you in the middle of practice and wring your neck you know yeah literally like literally and i so i i definitely don't think i don't think jordan would have had a twitter i don't think so I, I don't I think um, I think he would have maybe tried it and he would have got himself in too much trouble. And I think I well here here's what I I think he'd have one. I don't think he would run it. I think he would have somebody. Oh, it would it. be like a corporate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it would just just for business business and sponsorships and you know all that stuff. Um, I mean, when, when Kobe which, was in, in the peak of his his prime and during his career, I don't think he was very active on social media either. So yeah, yeah. If you look back on his tweets, he, it's kind of. Technically, we didn't. Kobe's Kobe's, Kobe's height in his career, there really was there. There still wasn't social media. Yeah, it was very very limited. Yeah, because yeah. Did, but, but even in the later years, he never he was very right, inactive. Right, right, know? right, right. And then once he retired, he got he got pretty into it. Um, yeah, but I mean, he was so. different. Yeah, but you yeah, know, I, Dan, you brought up a few interesting points too, like just how things that you couldn't like. This doc really showed some stuff that could happen back then that I just don't think could happen today. No. Um, at least not the way people freak out and then the company has to fire somebody and then release a, an apology and then release the player and some goofy oh, stuff. Oh, you mean like you mean like Town Hall? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're not um, gonna get into that this week, yeah, but maybe next yeah. week. Yeah, that's how not to handle PR 101. Mm-hmm. But uh but so one thing that, that the first thing that came to mind was Rodman. Like Rodman, oh what a 
weirdest what player ever in the NBA, right? Probably the craziest player ever to play the game. Right. And 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 you knew that just by looking at him because right. every every game he had a different color hair. Like his hair was right. a different color. Um, but wow. I mean, some of the stuff like like him basically telling the Bulls, like, uh, I need a weekend off so I can go to Vegas and just party. Yeah. <laughs> and the Bulls were like, you know, I'm sure they didn't want him to go, but at, at you know, they're they kind of like back down. And they're like, okay, just be back in 48 hours. And of How course, crazy and, is that? And, and what was hilarious was uh, when Jordan said, when he found out about it, he's like, Phil, he ain't coming back in 48 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, so they actually went to Vegas. And and Michael Jordan went to Vegas to go get him. Yep. And and actually pulled him out of his hotel room to go get him. Yep. It's so wild. It's it's Let so strange. You know, I gotta say the Rodman episode, and we heard a little bit more of him afterwards in other episodes, but the Rodman episode really it did it did two things. It showed me, holy crap, this guy really is as weird as people say he is, because he's just a crazy person. Yeah. But two, it also gave me some respect for him though, because you learn his his background, like where he came from and how he got from a to b like sure. when he was first in the league he was just a hard-hitting player he wasn't exactly a weirdo or doing weird things and dressing sure. weird he just he played on the bad boy pistons and won two titles and, and was a learned how to play rough and rebound and played for the spurs too yeah and played for the spurs right after that and then he comes to the Bulls, and that's really when his name blows up because he starts acting weird and doing. And he, it's like you know, it's almost as if the fame and and the money finally hit him or something. Yeah. Because you know he starts getting all these crazy tattoos. And so I'm not saying that's that's a problem. I'm just saying at the time there wasn't a lot of M- were doing that. You yeah. know, there's 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 actually a decent amount of players who now have looked like Rodman in the league. Sure. But not everyone acts like Rodman. In fact, I don't think anyone has ever acted like Rodman. No. But you, 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 someone, I don't remember who it was in the documentary, but someone was essentially explaining to him, like, look, he's just a different guy. He's an introvert that's playing in an extrovert's world. Mm-hmm. You know, we expect our athletes to all be extroverted. And when guys like Lionel Messi and, and, you know, Dennis Rodman and, and people like that don't react like your average athlete reacts. You're like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? And it's just these are introverts who are being forced to act like an extrovert and it doesn't mm-hmm. work. And that and, would make a lot of sense with Rodman. It was, I think there's a there's a great a great quote from the Rodman episode. I, I believe it was. Was it great? I, I can't a talk. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> there's a great quote from Rodman. Andy, I think he says sorry. <laughs> I think he said, We we don't get paid. To, to play the game he's like what we get paid for is off the court stuff and that's the stuff he hated you know like you said yeah. he's an introvert and extrovert league yeah, so we expect, we expect these athletes to live up to you know be all uh happy and all smiles to the fans and do all the pr stuff but a lot of them don't want to do that they're just masters of the craft and unfortunately yep. that's kind of the job they signed up for that at least comes apart uh with the job so you saw that with Den- dennis rodman and um I'm not sure who you can compare him to nowadays in the league. Maybe Kawhi when it comes to being an introvert. Yeah, you know? like that introverted guy. Of course, Kawhi's a, you know, he doesn't go around. I mean, it's, it, I, 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 I would actually probably, uh, I mean, I would probably compare him most to like Draymond. Kind but, of. That, but, but for me, that for me, that's like on-court play. 
Yeah. Exactly. But I'm just outside of the actual game itself when yeah. it comes to socializing and uh, interacting with the media and the fans. Sure. I think yeah. you can compare Kawhi and Dennis. Well, 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 after he did even even more of a uh, peculiar act than uh, just telling the team, "Hey, I need to I need to blow off 48 hours in Vegas," when he skipped a finals practice in '98 yep. to go uh, appear on WCW Nitro, a wrestling show, and hit somebody over the head with a steel chair, like you know, we can get into that. But when he got back from that. Uh, he didn't want to deal with the media and all that, so they actually snuck him down a tunnel in the back of the arena, and he got out into the tunnel and just ran out to his car and then booked it out of the arena because he didn't want to talk to the media. <laughs> now I gotta ask you guys. I, I have an answer. That doesn't fly anymore, by the way. Now you get, get you get fined for that. Yeah, I so, gotta ask you guys. I've always asked myself this, even when the, whatever I knew of him as a kid, whatever I knew of him since. And then what I know now know of him while watching this doc, this doc, why in the world did Phil Jackson and Jordan and the Bulls have so much patience with him? I never understood that. But I tell you, I think my answer, I think it's just a very simple answer because he would perform on the court, whether he had 20 Miller lights the night before or not. He would perform. You, I watched that game six replay uh, from 98 last night, the whole game. And his performance in that game is phenomenal. His rebounds, his his defenses, putbacks, like it's like that. They they there's your answer right there. There's your answer right there. Okay, so he missed a practice, and no, you can't have that happening in most circumstances. But when you got got a guy as weird but as talented as Rodman, yeah. and if you're a good enough coach and a leader, you might turn a, a blind eye yeah. to that if you think he's going to perform the next day. Yeah, well, I mean, bot- bottom line is, uh, they he he made them a better team. Like the the 100%. the first the first uh, three Pete, they had Horace Grant, and then Horace yeah. Grant left uh, in free agency uh, to go to Orlando after Michael Jordan retired. Um, so they had a hole at power forward. So they needed somebody, and Dennis Rodman was the greatest defensive player of that generation. Mm-hmm. And you know, I guess if if you're if you're winning like they were, you know, and that what was it that ninety was it yeah ninety six ninety seven the second uh, title in the second three peat when they went seventy two and ten and uh, just you know blitzed through the playoffs and won the championship. I mean, yeah, you you go through some of that. I mean, you know, it going like reverting it back to J.R. Smith. J.R. J.R. Smith is actually another guy that you can kind of relate to. Yeah. J.R. Smith is an oh. introvert, but J.R. Smith is one of the biggest goofballs the NBA has ever seen. He just yeah. didn't paint his hair, you know? Right. Or marry, another, or marry himself. Another good one along the lines of J.R. Smith is Ron Artest, if you guys remember. Yes. Him. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. Metal World Peace. Or whatever. Yeah, um, absolutely. Who was always goofing around, but had some pretty serious talent. He wasn't as talented as Rodman, but he was. How, uh, how, about, uh, how about Pippen? Oh yeah, in this doc. I mean, he's uh he's not too happy with the way he was portrayed in this documentary. Um, like not to slight him and just give a cheap shot to Pippen, but I feel like his entire career could be summed up with "I wasn't too excited about that." Happening. <laughs> like, dude, like, it's I, a great I, impression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's 
he was a fantastic player. I mean, people, oh, of course, people, of course, people don't really remember that the 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 one full year that Jordan retired after the first repeat, the Bulls won fifty five games, and it was that Bulls team minus Michael Jordan. So right. Scottie Pippen moved into that you know go to player role, and they won fifty five games and went to the playoffs and almost went back to the finals. So you know. It's something to say also in that MJ versus LeBron discussion is when LeBron left teams, they completely fell apart. When Jordan, Jordan retired the first time, they won 55 games and went to the went, I think they went to the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to the Magic. They still had a pretty co- – no, you're thinking of 90 the, the year after that. They didn't go to the Conference Finals in 94. Okay. Yeah. Uh well they I mean they still went to the playoffs yeah I mean they're still I mean they had a good team they lost to the Knicks in that year in the second round they lost to the Knicks right, right. yeah <clears throat> but oh yeah right yeah exactly exactly and then the Knicks ended up uh, winning the Eastern Conference yeah and, the, and they like, they lost to the Rockets in the finals yeah um yeah, yeah. Uh, Scottie Pippen man. Dude, I, I didn't know. I, I I don't remember when he refused to go back into the game in a in a see in an that, that's not cool, you know. Out of the that, circumstance, that's just just like right. I get it. He was he was been playing in. Uh oh, where Jimmy go? He was playing in uh, Michael Jordan's shadow for so long, and that was the first year that he was able to like kind of shine on his own, and they had a really successful season, and. They draw up the last play of the game, and it wasn't going to him. It, so it's like to him, it's like, oh great, Michael's not here, and I'm still not getting the. Yeah, but you know, if you but if you understand basketball, you understand they right. really got Tony Kuko to be right. a European sharpshooter. Like that's right. a whole thing that has become very. Who had hard. a knack? Who had a knack for? Yeah, uh, like two shots. That's why I don't have any sympathy for that. Like it doesn't matter if you're the best player on the team at the time. Like it, it the the you're. Be- I will give it unless you have unless it's Michael Jordan or LeBron or you know, whatever Durant or somebody like that. Like you're gonna give that shot to a sharpshooter if you can give it to them, and that's the that's what happened, and and it worked. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I, I that just rubbed me the wrong way that he would just give up because he was oh I don't want to you know I'm not going to yeah. be able to take the last shot whatever and I I don't want to like trash Pippen no. either because he's obviously a good player who played in right. extraordinary circumstances most of his career playing with Michael Jordan like that's just not a normal right. NBA career well, anyone who got to play with Jordan had yeah. an extraordinary and then he was he was uh, he was obviously severely underpaid for most of his career. Um, that doesn't really make sense. Why? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, but uh, yeah, no, it's his portrayal. You know, whatever. I I just feel like Pippen's gonna complain about everything. He that that's and it's whatever. Maybe maybe he has the right to do that, and maybe he brings up a lot of good points. But yeah, I guess he's not happy with his portrayal. That's what I was reading too. Um, yeah, for sure. Port- yeah, speaking of portrayals, though, I wanted to talk too about, <laughs> uh, yeah, how about how they just glossed over the fact that Jordan is completely one hundred percent addicted to gambling. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, like it doesn't really matter. Like he can pay off his gambling. What, like he has the money, yeah. but 
Oh my goodness. But he was he was involved in some with some really shady characters. Oh, 100%, especially earlier on in his career. And then you like like you know you're a degenerate gambler when you can't even pass up a chance to gamble with your security guards in some weird right. like right, dice right, right. Game. like come and then he looked genuinely upset when that curly-haired guy like beat him in that game they were playing. And then the and then shrugged at him. Yeah, yeah. He looked genuinely <laughs> mad that he lost. Yeah. And he was friends like, with that guy. Like, yeah, oh, 100%. And yeah, yeah, he of course. It was actually interesting. There's a lot of you should look up people should look up that guy. He he sounds like he was a great guy. It's a really interesting part of the Bulls uh security team. But yeah, like you know you're you got a gambling problem when when you're when and you can't pass up any chance to gamble. Like that's all he did. It sounds like was play cards, <laughs> play cards and golf. Yeah. <laughs> and bet on everything. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah. And it's whatever, like, you know, I, everybody has their vice. It's if he likes to gamble, he likes to gamble. He can certainly afford it, but Jimmy, um, are you there? Yeah. You guys can oh, okay. Me fine. Yeah. We can hear you now. You were reverbing there for a little bit. So I, I text you to disconnect, but it sounds all right. Yeah, I do, like I said, these uh, technical issues are going to keep happening for right now, for this episode at least. But yeah. I'm back, um, I think. So excuse what? me if it does anymore. Yeah. What, um, did you, what did you guys think of Ahmad Rashad? Uh, <laughs> that was that was interesting. Yeah, because I say this because I grew up with Ahmad Rashad and with that show or whatever he had. So like I, you know, he's cool or whatever. But wow. I had no idea he was basically allowed to just follow Jordan wherever. And like, he he was essentially. Well, he, yeah. He was like in Jordan's posse. Yeah. Yeah. His entourage. And, and he worked for NBC, which was yeah. showing the finals at the time. Right. That's it would crazy. Be like, I mean, honestly, it would be like if, uh, oh, if like Mike Breen was like just walking around with LeBron <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or Jeff Van Gundy. Or somebody like that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Um, another thing that I thought was really interesting, this goes back to the first episode uh, and then culminates at the end of the documentary. And I, I don't know if you guys want to end on this discussion or if you guys had anything else to talk about, but uh, how about the, do- the documentary starting with uh, Jerry Krause saying, uh, this is going to be Phil Jackson's last season coaching the Bulls. It doesn't matter if they go 82-0. and 0. <laughs> what a strange thing like, to say. So crazy. Like, what what is like it's I, it, it's hard to hate too much on Kraus because he, he also that team. Right. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, well ultimately what I think it boils down to is it's not just Kraus. It was also Reinsdorf because he didn't want to pay everybody after that sixth championship. I mean, flat yeah. out, he didn't want to pay anybody. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Which is whatever. I mean, at what I my dad always made a joke when I was a kid because I remember when Le- when LeBron when Jordan retired in '98, I couldn't believe it. Like I was so upset, and my dad made a con- I don't know if he was being serious or not, but he was like, "Well, what else does he have to win? He's won six times, right?" Like that. I don't. I you know again. I don't know how serious my dad was being or or, or if he was being funny, but like. I wonder if there was like almost like it's almost as if they're they were bored of it or something. <laughs> like it's weird. It's so weird the way they just dismantled that team. Yeah. Well, it's like going back to like what your dad said was so if you if you think about it in today's uh aspect, um 
LeBron would have retired already if he played like the same amount as Jordan. I think so. Like LeBron would be retired already. Because I think yeah, Jordan yeah. Oh, was oh, I like what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Jordan was what, 35 when he retired, I think? Oh. I think when he retired from the Bulls. I, I think that's how old LeBron is now. I thought Jordan was older. Wait one second. How well, because remember, he took a couple years off and then he came back and played for the Wizards for two years. Oh, you're right. He was 35. You're right. Yeah. He couldn't have been that old. No, you're so right. You think, you're right. Think about it. Like Jordan left the Bulls when he probably still, you know, we're not even, I'm not even talking championship at this point because, you know, if the Bulls kept that team together, who knows how many more titles they would have won. You know, Michael Jordan could have won one or two more MVPs. Oh, 100%. He was only 35. Oh, and he had just played one of his best seasons. Yes. Like, and he and the only the only uh severe injury he ever had was like in his rookie season. Yeah. Oh, that's another weird thing. Foot. Yeah. How how well he worked out too, people. Yeah. So that's that's cr- with with a player of that much historical magnitude, and you yeah. even recognize it in the moment. Like, like people were recognizing Jordan as the greatest of all time while he was still playing. So for him to just be like for for a front office of an organization, and then for him to just be like, "That's I'm done. I'm not playing anymore." Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Dan, you, to to go, sorry go to interrupt, but to go off that point, what you just said, while he was still playing, people regarded him as the best player of all time. Larry Bird explicitly said that was God out there on that court when he played against the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and uh, who who was who was the guy that called him uh, Black Jesus? Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, that, no, that was uh, they didn't say who said that, but but that was uh, Reggie Miller mentioned. Oh, that. that's and then right. He, yeah, Reggie Miller called him uh, Black Jesus or that that Black Cat or something like that. Uh, yeah, which I didn't get that reference. I, yeah, I don't know, but but like, <laughs> yeah, too. I mean, and and uh, it, it was funny. LeBron was uh, <clears throat> I didn't listen to all of it, but he didn't like uninterrupted podcast or whatever this week. And they were talking about the last dance, kind of like how we are now. And LeBron was talking about uh, him going to Jordan's camp in California. um, Like when he was 16 and like Jordan came out and LeBron's like, LeBron said it was, it was as if Jesus Christ just walked onto the court. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Like absolutely wild. And, it's that aura again, that he had. Yeah, and to think and to think, fifteen years later, uh, people would be comparing him to Jor- Jordan, the guy that yeah. he thought was the Messiah walking onto the court. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just goes back to the whole mystique of Michael Jordan. Of what, like when I grew up, that's all I knew was the mystique of Michael Jordan. I never saw him live. I never was. Right. I wasn't alive when he was playing. So that's right. it. Was other people's words. Oh man, to, dude, to take into account, you know. When when he I, I vividly remember the last two his last two seasons with the Bulls the seventy two and ten season and then uh you know the last so so the two finals specifically when he played against the Jazz like we would go in my backyard I was nine and ten at that point like me and all my friends about ten years old and just mimic those those like epic moments that Jordan had like yeah like we would just like we would like take like our younger brothers or whatever. And just mimic that that uh I'm doing air quotes push off with Brian Russell in game six when he hit that shot. 
where he kept the hand up for like five seconds after he made it. Yeah. It yeah. Was just, and the guy didn't even play for the team. Like, I, like Jordan, you know me. I don't root for, I pretty much don't root for anybody that's not Cleveland at oh, all. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But like when, when Jordan was going on that run, like I didn't even watch the Cavs. I just watched Jordan. Yeah. Like it, that's crazy to me. Crazy. But that's like, and, and that's how I imagine kids are now at LeBron. It's oh, probably, it's, it's 100% thing. how they are. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you see, you see how people like, like the Lakers always had, have a historically big fan base, but like now it's, well, and, every, and every single and, road game they come to, like half the fans are Laker fans. And we would say this too, like people treated Kobe very similar as well. Uh, Absolutely. In many ways, Kobe picked up the torch immediately from, from Jordan. Yeah. Oh, Kobe so, was George. Kobe was Jordan light. Yeah, he exactly, was. Exactly. And yeah. So yeah, no, you're hundred percent right, Dan. Um, I think that's exactly how it is today with, with, with a lot of kids in LeBron. Well, I would um, say a lot of kids, Yeah, I, I would say LeBron too, but if we're talking about younger kids who only like to shoot three pointers, Steph Curry yeah, is the do. guy. <laughs> yeah, you do. Have yeah, a lot don't, of- don't, don't get me, don't get me started on Steph Curry because I, yeah, never mind. That's a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> fantastic player, historical shooter, nowhere close to my top 10 players of all time. No, I wouldn't say top 10. No, I wouldn't either. He's, He's in the top twenty, I would say. I he's made his mark. There's no way you could. That's that's the, to me that's debatable. But let, that's, that's a different fine. podcast. Well, yeah, that's a different time. Um, yeah, different, let's different also time. before we wrap up the. I want to get everybody. Oh, Jimmy, you haven't seen the final thing, but we're still going to talk about it. Uh, Dan, curious your thoughts on the last two episodes as well as just that game six. Like, what's the word? Um, just that game six mystique like that 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 yeah. iconic nature right. of game six everything about it right like i want to get your thoughts and then i'll give mine and we can wrap up well um, i i know i know you rewatched it yesterday i didn't get a chance to flip yeah. it on but the i'll say the things that i remember most about uh that game six was that final sequence probably about oh. a minute uh a minute left in the game and um, you just like the game was in Utah, right? And you just yeah. got like Utah was up in the game by a couple points. You just got this feeling that they thought they were for they were forcing game seven and they thought they had it in the bag, and whatever. And then they go to this patented Carl Malone play, they feed it to him on the block, and Malone doesn't look back to see if Jordan cleared out on the weak side, which he didn't because Jordan anticipated the play. And he comes up from behind him and strips down at the ball and steals the ball, which led to the shot. Um, And then obviously the shot is the second most iconic shot in NBA finals history um, behind that of Kyrie Irving. So I don't think we can debate that, but I think that's definitely debatable, but uh, (laughs) I think how was that debatable? Kyrie Irving shot was obviously very, I, I would consider it the most clutch shot of all time. It, sure. it literally won. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, the, uh, to me, Kyrie's is more impressive because it was in game seven. 
Oh yeah, I mean, and, and if, it was if, if Jordan misses if Jordan misses that shot against Byron Russell and they end up losing, they still have a game seven. Yeah, and then also, I mean that that shot was do or die. You bring up a good point too because they were also Cavs are also down three one, so like you know that's another. Yeah, the thing. significance of it, but yeah, but, if, if if that Jordan shot happens in game in a game seven setting, yeah, I, you know they're they're right there. I just I put Kyrie's shot above that because it happened in the decisive game seven. Yeah, well, that's why I think it's the, clutch, the most clutch shot. Sure. Of all time yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, for me, too, you you watched that last 41 seconds. The Jazz go up by three. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, like if you're a Jazz fan with 41 seconds, you know it's not over, but you're like, oh, this is looking good. This is looking good. You're feeling really good. Jordan, yeah. Jordan doesn't even, it's like he, he goes into like robot Jordan mode. Yep. And like he just will, he just wills a lane to be open and just drives mm-hmm. in a layup. Cuts the lead to one, and then the, then the sequence that you just described, where he just perfectly anticipates right. that play from Malone. Which I don't know what Stockton's a great passer, but he didn't do himself any favors telegraphing that play right there. Yeah, but, well, I think you know it goes back to uh, Jordan's work ethic and his game yeah. planning. It's to like yeah. okay, he knew in a in a crunch time situation what play like watching film and doing all that. He knew in a crunch time situation, and he said it in the documentary. He's like, I knew what they were going to run before we even came out of the, you know, before yeah. we even got down into the set. Like, I knew what they were going to run. And on top of that, Malone had been having himself quite a game in, in game six. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, and then he strips it, and then he goes down and scores. I mean, that's – I would rank that as, if not my top no, – my, if not the best individual sequence in the finals, it's it's one of the best. I mean, it's just such a mind-boggling, like, one dude just fully impact, like, has just Absolutely. almost that will is just doing what he wants. And, I again, seeing that whole game again yesterday was fascinating because I got this vibe, and for the most, most of the time the score was agreeing with me, that the Jazz kind of had the edge in Game Six a lot of the times. They 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 yeah. had the lead. It was very small, but they had a lead for most of the game. They just had an energy about them. Jordan was missing a lot of shots that he would normally make. Um, yep. But overall, like you know, it was a defensive effort too. What a defensive effort overall in that whole game. But yeah, yeah that, no, that that and game, uh, game. how about I think I think like you said, Jordan just went into like robot mode where. Yeah, you know, and especially because of uh, how Scottie Pippen pulled his back, right? And, was, right, and he right. he was probably going into his mind like, you know, we can't afford to go to a game seven because you know right. if we go to a game seven, Scottie's probably not playing, and it's a game seven in Utah. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to win this by myself, I need to do it now. Yeah, and and, I think and, and he was, did it. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh yeah, he did it, and it was like it was so interesting, like. Watching him celebrate after when when that game's over, and and I always forget the Jazz had one really good sh- chance to take another shot, like yeah. I, they had like five seconds, yeah, um, and Stockton missed, but yeah, it's yeah, I don't know it. What a what an iconic NBA moment and just sports moment in general, and the last two episodes really wrapped it up nice. Um, you know, I thought I, I thought one of the most iconic moments of the whole documentary was the very end when uh, uh, they asked Jordan, you know, they were talking about uh, how Reinsdorf and Krause split the team up after that sixth championship. Yeah. And uh, they were talking, and Jordan's like, they asked him, hey, do you think you could have won more 
He's like, yeah, I think we could have won a seventh. I mean, and he's like, they, I, I don't remember the exact wording, but they were, they were talking about, you know, Reinsdorf didn't want to pay a bunch of players. And he's like, like long-term contracts or whatever. And he's like, he's like, do you think that if uh, we had a chance to go for a seven championship and we bring Phil back and we bring everybody back that uh, Rodman doesn't sign a one-year contract. Yeah. I would have signed a one-year contract. Steve Kerr would have signed a one-year contract. He goes, he goes, the tough one would have been Pip. Pip would have been tough. But I think, I think if me, Phil, Steve, Rodman all got, all got around Pip, we could have got him to come back for, for another year. Yeah. Which, in hindsight, twenty years later is, I don't know. T- telling, telling a lot of guys who have the ability to go on to other teams and get five, six year contracts for huge money to come back for one year to run it back. And, and I gotta say, I, I can, I have to imagine that with guys like Pippen and Rodman, who already have five, six rings apiece, right. like at what point are they like, eh, I'm just going to get paid. Like, exactly. And you can't blame I mean, them for that. Right, right. Which Pippen um, ended up doing because Pippen ended up, you know, making over $100 million in his career. And, and in the 90s, yeah. that was, that's, that's huge money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's huge money now, but. No, right. For, but it's for a professional right. athlete, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's. uh yeah, what a what a great sports documentary. I mean, just a great doc in general. Uh, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. We, me, you and me, Dan, we were talking about filled their sports void a lot of times. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I'm gonna be sad now that Sundays yeah. no longer have something to look forward to. Like, this. well, I mean, you know, we've uh, thankfully we, we're getting a lot of positive momentum on the uh, on the sports uh, sports train. So. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. There, there's a there's a very good chance that in six weeks we could have two professional sports leagues in the U.S. back. Yeah, three. three oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. There's already one that's back. Yeah, let's not forget yeah. about that. Come on, most important one. Yeah, the UFC. Speaking of which, uh, Jimmy, Maybe. I sent you that picture of uh, my friend Michelle at uh, Nico's in uh, North Royalton today, mm-hmm. hanging out with Stipe. Yeah, that's awesome. Bit jealous. Shout out Michelle uh, for sending me that picture. That was awesome. And I still, guys, I got the guy's autograph. I got his T-shirt. Now I just need to meet him in person. And I missed and my one chance. Still, he, he was at a, a Kent bar at a Kent State. I think you it was a couple years back. What's that? She uh, she told me that uh, he was there with his wife and two guys with laptops. So, uh oh, maybe they were doing a bit of business with the uh-oh. UFC. We got a deal coming. I don't know. Oh, There's boy. been a lot of talk in that heavyweight division. I see a trilogy fight with him and DC coming over the horizon. Do we? Do you really think? Do you really think he DC would beat him? Uh I would say obviously I'm going to favor Stipe. Of course, of course I got to favor Stipe. I think Smart it's very man. possible he can beat him. Smart. I wouldn't say it's out of possibility at all. Oh please, um, DC's old and out of shape. Uh, I mean, he looked phenomenal up until the fourth and fifth round of the last fight, but. That's another topic of hey, uh, debate. All it takes is that one. All it takes is that one time. I, I that's the sport. All it takes right, is one punch. To right fight, to the gut. So. Right to the gut. He, he goes. You know, he goes. I'm always oh, rooting for him. Oh. Always rooting for Stipe, and I just want to see the third fight just so he can solidify himself. I mean, he's already the greatest heavyweight of all time. That's a yeah. question. I just need to see that third fight. And still, true that. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, if you haven't watched last the last dance, uh, please check it out. It's fantastic. Yeah, um, I would say it, anything. It, it, it's really it's it's really interesting to see some of the parallels between uh, LeBron and Jordan um, going on. Obviously, their careers are totally different, and the types of players they are, are totally different. Whatever, but you know that's always the hot topic: LeBron or Jordan. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's interesting. Did you see ESPN greenlighted a uh, similar type documentary for Tom Brady that's going to come out next year? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's called it's, gonna, it's called Man in that. Man in the Arena or something. Tom Brady. It's going to be a I don't know. It's going to be a nine part series. I don't know if that holds the same mystique. I'll watch it, no doubt. But uh, man, I I don't know. Tom Brady did some Jordan esque things in the game of football, oh, no which is the which is oh, the yeah. ultimate team game. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. It, it'll no, be interesting be good, for sure. It'll be, I, I, think, I think maybe if, if they waited 20 years and came out with it in 20 years, it, it, might, it might have the same mystique. For it to come out, like, most likely when Tom Brady's still playing, that's a little weird, but, you know. I think they're just trying to capitalize on Oh, sure, absolutely. And you know there's going to be a LeBron one in 15 years. Um, right. Kobe I would, one's going to be coming would, up. Oh, Kobe one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a uh, a Cavs one from that uh, run because oh, yeah. there's so, so much stuff going on with that team. Yeah. But, but yeah. So Well, why so. don't we, before we wrap <laughs> things up, um, why don't we talk real quick about some of the latest NBA updates? Um, there really isn't any new official proposals or news. We're still looking at mid-June or maybe even, I'm sorry, mid-July or mid-June, sometime July, June, yeah. um, to start the NBA season if they're going to. Um, I would th- oh. I would think I would think June would be when they would get back practicing and then July they yeah, would Yeah, yeah. Like, they're, they're not going to start playing before July. If if I could you know my gut says this isn't going to happen but it looks like every reputable source and journalist and player and whatever is saying no we're 100% going to try to do this so um I th- that's I think probably going to happen. I do. Yeah, you you know you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, some form or fashion, I you know, right. and I think I honestly I, I think we're gonna he- we're gonna hear a concrete plan probably next week. Yeah, so that 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 could really answer this question to be you know, um, I know Minnesota based Mayo Clinic and or Mayo Clinic how do you pronounce it and and the Minnesota Timberwolves are leading an NBA study on COVID. Uh, this is important because they're studying actually the study is focusing on who has the antibodies for the coronavirus. For all the players and coaches and staff, it's to be completed in June. I think based on the results of the study might have a say in or might have a big say in what happens with the season or what they need to do to keep the players and and the staff safe. I think that's another part of the study as well. Yeah. Um, 15 NBA teams opened up their practice facilities. So that's cool. That's about half the league. Um, and LeBron, you know, he's, he's the face of the NBA right now. And and he mentioned that they're not giving up on the season and that he was part of a group of a lot of other superstars that, that met, and they were all in agreement that they want to finish the season off. So again, yeah. you know, when oh. your stars are talking <laughs> like that, that's a good, that's a good sign. 
LeBron has a really good chance of winning an NBA championship. He is not going to scrap this season. If he uh, if he wasn't in the if he wasn't in the playoffs like la, like uh, the Lakers weren't last year, he probably would have a different tone. Right, right. So, um, yeah. no doubt. Um, yeah. So that's the NBA update. Um, okay. I don't know. If cool. you wanted to get into any other sports updates? No, I don't think NBA. so. Um, you know, baseballs could be coming back, although there's labor unrest, so we're not going to get into that. But. You know, yeah. maybe maybe as we get closer to their projected uh, comeback date. Um, real quick before we end the episode, uh, let's do some shout outs. Anybody got yeah. anything they want to shout out? Jimmy down there, you want to shout out uh, the incredible uh, internet service you have down there in uh, Florida? Yeah, definitely not that. Um, get it fixed. Whatever uh, provider, whoever's running that operation, uh, not doing a very <laughs> good job. But I will say... Uh, I know we've seen this all over the city, and rightfully so, and over the whole nation, the whole world. Uh, all the nurses and doctors, shout out to them. I uh, got to see a hospital yesterday firsthand. I've never oh, been, that's right. I've never been in the, like a hospital or a clinic since this all started. And to witness it firsthand just to see the day-to-day operations and what they have to do and the precautions they take, um, it's, it's kind of amazing, and it makes you grateful to – know that we have people sure. like that willing to sacrifice and work for the rest of us sitting at home and you know doing podcasts stuff like this so <laughs> shout out to them um yeah no it's truly amazing awesome did they uh did they stick that uh infrared gun up to your forehead and take your temperature they did just without even question like without a question uh, they just came uh, right up to me and stuck it to my forehead how'd you do past the flying colors 98.2 baby Oh, you're actually a little bit under. Wow, you might have a cold. Cold-blooded. Okay, uh, man. He's a reptile. <laughs> That's right. Um, Jordan, how about you? Shout out. I'm going to shout out the show Community. Uh, I had never really seen this show until about a week or two ago when I started it, and I'm 100% addicted, and I cannot believe I've never seen this show before. So it's hilarious and it is making me laugh. Nice. Um, I have two yeah. shout outs uh, today. I want to shout out a couple local businesses that I went to today. Um, first is Diggity Dogs in North Royalton. Uh, took Chance to the groomers today. He got all pretty and uh, handsome and all, all groomed up. He's, uh, he's, ready to hit, he's ready to hit the town and, uh, you know, pick up some chicks, you know. And then. Oh, yeah. uh, Shout out to Lady Jane's in Strongsville, specifically uh, Sarah DeValley, uh, who is my uh, stylist, I guess you will. She cuts my hair. I don't know what you call – I don't know what her technical uh, – uh, I think it's hairstylist. Hairstylist, yeah, yeah. So yeah. shout out Sarah for the fresh cut. Sorry, Jimmy, I got my hair cut. It's all good. I'm feeling like uh, I might as well, so – I, uh, I, I kind of wanted to keep it long, but I knew the first day that it was going to be like in the mid-80s and really hot, I was going to be miserable, so I cut it all off. But, And also, I want to say shout-out to the Ohio weather today because it was gorgeous Ooh. outside today. Yeah. It was yeah, awesome. Hopefully, I, I would love it to stay like it. Dude, if it could be like 72 and sunny, it would be awesome if it could stay like that. I agree. And then be like, be like 60, 65 at night. It's perfect. Not gonna, so. not even gonna lie. I'm, uh, 
you know, I love summer, love the summer weather, can't beat it. But as soon as fall rolls around, I'm not oh, mad at that either. Yeah, I, I know Jordan likes the heat, but to me, fall's the best season. I love fall. I like fall. I agree. I can get down with fall. But, all right, so that's our shout-outs, and that's going to do it for us this week. So uh, appreciate you guys listening. You can follow us on social media at the LOTL Podcast. Hit us up on our website, lotlpodcast.com. Uh, rumor has it Ryan Donathan is going to be doing another piece for us, uh, going Uh-oh. doing a Browns schedule game uh, oh. issue of uh, uh, his uh, blogs. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, check out all of our embedded links to all of our episodes on the website, lotlpodcast.com. So – uh for jordan and then jimmy jimmy get home safe tomorrow safe safe travels yes thank you sir i'll be masking up that's for sure (laughs) yeah absolutely uh and uh i'm dan and we will catch you guys next week see ya see ya peace